big sound in a small town Far away from the big city lights Making music every night Good music with all our friends Tell everybody, tell your mama and them We're going out and we're getting down A big sound in a small town 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 Welcome to season four of Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. Join me as musicians tell their stories about how they became musicians and the stories along the way. Yeah, this one's called Wild Man. Over the safe The rumor mill has it He's high 
Hello, my name is Andrew Wakefield. I'm a singer, songwriter, and guitarist for the band Supper Break and the Well Drinkers and the now defunct band called Seinfin. Um, just all around rambler and picking and grinning enthusiast. Well, it sounds like I, there again, you must be in demand. You're working multiple bands. Yeah, I, I stay busy. That's good. Um, it, it's good because I get to play different styles. You know, the Well Drinkers is, I think it's a little more songwriting based. Right. And Supper Break is a party band. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there's, it's music, so there's room for both. Yeah. Do, do you play the same type of, okay, you're a guitarist. Do you, do you play electric in any of those? No, but I, I have uh, occasionally I'll turn my overdrive on. Right, yeah. Just if I'm getting real weird with sure. supper break. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Um, okay, so let, let's tell everybody where you live now. I live in Chimney Rock, North Carolina. Um, I just moved from Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, by way of California. Oh, uh, that's kind of around the... Uh, Around the corner move? Yeah, uh, well... Did you grow up in Traveler's Rest? I did not. Um, I was uh, I was in California uh, when COVID hit, and the oh. Dobro player for the Well Drinkers and Supper Break, he's also in both bands, Adam, amazing player, by the way, he uh, invited me to come make music with him, and I thought lockdowns were going to happen, and I did not want to be stuck in Humboldt, California with nobody to play with, so I went sure. to... Went to Traveler's Rest and stayed there for the last two years and then just moved in with my girlfriend in Chimney Rock. Oh, Chimney so. Rock. Chimney upgrade. Rock. Upgrade. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt, that's an upgrade. Um, uh, hey, I've interviewed musicians from just about everywhere. You're the first Chimney Rocker. Yeah, well, uh, don't tell anybody because the market is pretty good there. there. There's not a lot of musicians trying to play there, so pretty much everywhere I've played, oh, everywhere there is to play, I've played and am playing there. That is really cool. So. I mean, you know, I, I, it's funny about uh, musicians, and there's a group that's in Bavard. There's a group, of course, in the Asheville area. Mm -hmm. Then there's another group over in the um, Old Fort area. Yep. And, and it's kind of weird. I mean, everybody kind of gets themselves apart from Asheville a little bit, you know. Um, We're spread out. Jake, the singer for the Well Drinkers, uh, he lives in Charlotte. So, um, yeah, he lives there. Uh, Jeremy, Josh's brother, Jeremy Rilko, uh, lives in, I guess, Weaverville now. Adam used to be the furthest away, but he just moved to Asheville. So I think, uh. yeah. For supper break, I'm no. Actually, Zach would be the furthest out. We're all spread out. Yeah, I mean, everywhere. I mean. So obviously, you guys don't rehearse a lot. I mean, you've got it down now. We we are trying to do once a week. I mean, oh, that's good. The thing is, if you if you don't rehearse, which we have had a problem with sometimes, but if you don't rehearse, you're stuck with the same set list. You are. You are. And and, and as much as as that can be good, sometimes you have it all down pat and all. It also gets stale. I think all of us want to just sure keep them coming. I mean, we have our we have our bangers and stuff, but yeah. we we always I think the goal is to have about a thousand songs that you can pull out. I of. mean, I think that's really good. I, that way you can. I play in a band. I, I have no idea. I played with them a pretty good while, and I could not tell you how many songs we have. 
And every once in a while, if we don't rehearse some of the ones that we haven't done in a while, it, you know, it's like, oh, God, man, we need, you know, we need a rehearsal yeah. next week because, uh, uh, you know, we didn't do that very well. Yep. I, I firmly believe there's no such thing as too much rehearsal. I, well, I, I'm kind of the same way. Um, and I've played with, in bands that were both types, you know. Oh, man, let's just wing it. We'll wing it. We'll get through it. We're pretty good. We'll get through it. We're good at that, too. Yeah, but it's not. But there, there again, sometimes it's not as tight as you would like for it to be. Right. And it does limit your, your repertoire a bit. And sometimes you wing it, and you're like, man, that was really good. Oh, I know. Good. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, also, sometimes you wing it, and it's like, oh, man, we're not doing that again. Yep. You know, we've uh, actually playing if some, someone we like says die, say like John Prine, mm -hmm. you know, we might do two or three jobs in a row during like after he died or Tom Petty where we covered those songs just as a tribute. You know, and some of those work really well, and someone's like, man, we should kind of practice that before we did that, you know. They're not all 4-4, four, four, some of them. <laughs> right. Um, Paradise, that song. Paradise, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you'll you'll ask someone if they know it, and they'll say, sure, and then the extra beat throws sure. them off. So. Yeah, it does. And he's got a lot of words, too, sometimes. He does have a lot of words. Uh, that's, that's another thing, too. Uh we keep words because we have to go over them every once in a while too. It's like, uh, in fact, uh, if even my own personal songs, if I don't do them, you let them sit a while, then, you know, sometimes I'll wind up doing them and it's like, I'll get through them. I wasn't even close on those words, you know? Yep. I, I've definitely been known to uh, gibberish my way through a couple of songs yeah. every now and then. Yeah, Just, I mean, Sometimes, most of the time, they can't tell the difference. But. Well, and, and, and there again, that's, a, that's the age-old question of you're playing a place and is anybody really hearing what you're doing, you know, or, or are you just background music? Right. Or selling beer. I think I've heard it is, uh, as a musician, you're just a beer salesman. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be a good beer salesman. Yeah. So. It, it definitely, for me, it depends on the venue. It you want to play somewhere that focuses on the music. Sure. You don't want to be background music, but if, it happens. If you got to be background music, that's what you're going to be. Well, and it's better than I mean, you're still playing music. Yep, still playing music. That's like that's like with covers, you know. I mean, no one, no band of musicians that write really want to do covers, mm -hmm. but but there again, you really want to work and let people hear your music. So there's a bit of that that you have to do from time to time. You have to, and I find that. Location is a lot, too. It, it I don't has. know why Asheville is like this, but most of the places that you play in Asheville want to hear your original music. They do. They, they do. Asheville's good about that. And if you play something too popular, a lot of times it doesn't go well. Sure. So, And it's the exact opposite in Greenville, and I'm no, not Greenville. sure why that is. It's a South Carolina thing, man. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That, well, they're used to – if you think about it, I spend a lot of time playing music in – in South Carolina, they do not have a lot of original artists working there. I mean, if you think back even to the, for acts that's come out of there, like one of the biggest acts to ever come out of there was Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay. You know? I mean, they just don't have, Yeah. and they have no, how, how can South Carolina just skip over bluegrass? I can get down on some Hootie. 
Oh yeah, who man? You know, <laughs> that was good stuff. I agree. But uh, I mean, I mean, that's the flagship of South Carolina music if it's not beach music. So yeah, I think I, it's it's interesting because I definitely know some really good songwriters. Vlai Harrington. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. He, he's great. Um, got a buddy, Quentin Mashburn, who's a really good songwriter. He doesn't play out much, but uh, um, and then Jake, who from the Well Drinkers. Right. I think he's originally from the Greenville area. So there are songwriters oh, down oh, there. Oh, and I know some fabulous songwriters and musicians from there. I think it's something about. Uh, I don't know. I can't can't explain it. But 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 they don't do a lot of it acoustically. Yeah. Um, most of the guys I know there and and females. Um, that are good writers. Uh, none of them play bluegrass, and you know most of them are rock slash uh, indie indie yeah. type things, which um, it really require them to play more covers there because that's what they're used to. Yeah, it's the, it definitely is the venue that you're playing. It is. It is, know. and sometimes the town. You can come to this town full of really good musicians, venues to play. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of them is a listening room, which you really like to play. And then, you know, one of them is packed full of people who are, you know, want you to do your originals, but you wonder how much they're listening, you know. So, I, so I mean, it does kind of depend the town. And, and Asheville's great, though, as a, as a songwriter. I've always I've always wanted the, to play the deep cuts, you know. The, yeah. Um, I think music uh, addicts kind of a lot of their favorite artists are artists who who cut who will cover something that's just deep sure. cut, you know. And oh. you're like, wow, he's playing that song that nobody knows, but I know it. And yeah. So he obviously knows his stuff. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's funny that you. I'll inject something since you brought that up. So there's a guy in the area who plays covers, and he's really good at it. He's a solo guy. He's just really good at it. Well, the, I play in a band with, uh, with a guy named Kevin Bridges, fabulous songwriter. Uh, but uh, this guy calls Kevin deep cuts because when we do a, um, you know, if we cover a song, it's, it, it, you know, it might be by an artist you know, but it's not the song that you've heard. Mm-hmm. And he always calls him deep. He, he seems to what's up, deep cuts, you know? <laughs> and it's like, because you say that, but that's the what, you know. I, I like that. That's yeah. a badge of honor for him. It, 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 oh, yeah. He thinks that's really cool. I mean, we we uh, we kind of poke at him about it, you know. What's up, deep cuts? You know, what? so what are we doing today, you know? But, uh, but yeah, I think it is a badge of honor to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. Uh, uh, I've seen some of the new acoustic syndicate stuff that they're recording up at Organic. Where is that? Where's Organic? Uh, it's in Arden. Arden. Okay. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's a record label and a studio, or yeah, it's yeah. Crossroads Studio, but they oh, have okay. Organic Records and Mountain Home Records. Cool. They do bluegrass. They got one label that does bluegrass. Another label that does uh, Americana. They got Acoustic Syndicate. They got Aaron Burdett, if you know Aaron, or um, Anya Hinkle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got, and then, oh, and then they really, where they make their big bucks is uh, they pretty well have the Southern Gospel stuff down there. Okay. Know? So it's, uh, but, but yeah, they got, uh, 
some really deep they got a couple really deep little feet covers that they've got on their new record coming out or one one of my know. favorites man so yeah feet man you can't beat that I, uh and they actually they're paying homage because um they toured some with little feet and really yeah okay so. are they they're still touring or yeah they're wow. still playing not as much but they have a sure. brand new record deal and it's for they're getting ready to finish up this one and uh they got a deal for more so cool so they're, they're back working and um in fact i just heard some of the new stuff that's going to be released and it's really good love me some little feet oh yeah what's the the guy that died Lord george yeah Noel george man he's a good songwriter Great songwriter. Great song. Great musician. Great music. Great slide player. If Frank Zappa's hiring you as a this is as true. a bandmate, you're yep. gonna be a, you gotta be top notch. Oh yeah, so. yeah. It's like uh, well, this is funny too. There's a guy that lives in Bavard, Jeff Sight. Do you know who Jeff is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff, Played with him once. Yeah. Jeff told me that uh 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 when he went to college, his roommate was Steve Vai, and that he had come in with a bunch of transposed uh, Frank Zappa stuff, you know, and it's like, wow. Crazy. And he was at Berkeley. I mean, they were roommates at Berkeley together, uh, and uh, he played music with him. But that's kind of crazy that a kid can come into school with transcribed Frank Zappa stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of it, I don't know if you can – a lot of people need to transcribe that because that stuff is oh, really God. out there, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean – I can't imagine trying to – you know, some of these bluegrass songs you can – yeah but some of those i I can't imagine not being able to sight read and know a whole lot of frank zappa i know a little just because i love him but right right yeah yeah but yeah it's uh i mean to 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 scrap transcribe stuff just crazy to me and to think little george was one of his guys which Mm -hmm. tells you right there his music ability i mean incredible incredible Yeah. yeah in fact the story goes uh Frank told him, well, man, if you're going to write all these drug songs, just go get your own, baby. Yeah. So, he uh, said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll do that. Yeah. And there's a daggum good band, too. Yeah. You know? There's a um, – what, what's that show? It's a variety show from the 70s. It's, a, it's like country, I think. What is it called? That's oh, going to drive me nuts. I'll think of it if I can later. But uh, it, it always has a different – musical host and then right. they'll have different musical acts come on yeah and uh there's one with him i'll try to think of it um but it's amazing well, he's, he, a, he's sitting in with everybody and I mean, he, bonnie rates there and she's talking about how cute he is and emmy lou harris is there it's just it's just a cool show remind me to tell you after we're through a little george story okay that i do not feel comfortable airing okay <laughs> Sounds juicy. Yeah, it is. So, um, so okay. So, what, tell me about how you became a musician. Did you? Um, did you? I mean, you just didn't wake up and become become a guitar player, right? My father. Well, my whole family is musical. Um, my father played just about everything, which inspired me the most. I would say he he could pick up a saxophone and you know harmonica or whatever and i just thought it was so cool right and uh he he used to i used to make him play electric guitar for me when i would go to sleep he would just it's kind of funny because i'm going to sleep and he's just 
one of them. Oh, 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 he's not playing just pretty playing, stuff. I mean, he's you know Van Halen licks, oh, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so uh, he he definitely was my biggest inspiration, and then uh, always listening to my parents harmonize and stuff. I, I grew up in South Korea my first ten years uh, because my parents were missionaries. Yeah, and so um, the music that we got, other than the the classic rock that my dad would listen to was right. very minimum. So I think my younger years was like Michael Jackson yeah, and then the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, whatever my dad threw at me and then whatever my sisters were listening to. But, uh, yeah. Um, I basically just, uh, sang, yeah. played a tennis racket before I could play guitar. And, and then, guitar, yeah. uh, we moved to the U S and, uh, I picked up a guitar and just I learned uh, "Ticket to Ride" was my first. Just great that song. Boom, nah, 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 yes, nah, I mean nah. that's a great little riff too. And then at the time I was listening to uh, really easy, easy music to play: Green Day and yeah. '90s music, bar chords. Yeah. So uh, power chords actually, which yeah. is just two fingers and sure. you can transpose any chord. Any, any F, chord. play an F. Okay. Yeah. Play an A. You know. Yeah. So uh, I just cheated for a long time doing that, and then. Uh, just got upset. I, I was really obsessed with uh, classic rock for a real long time. Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, that whole whole world. You know, that's some really fine music. Some of the it's, finest music ever made. It, I, mean. I still, I think the Beatles are. I think sure one of my top songwriters. Just because it's they're really not formulaic at all. I mean, there'll be a little just some random something in oh, the middle yeah. of one of their songs and you're like wow that's so cool because it's not just a b a right. b a c sure and uh so i always try to sort of emulate them as much I as mean, i take can. strawberry fields i mean that is about as dysfunctional thing that works it as does as anything that you've ever listened to I it mean, works and it's totally dysfunctional if you if you look at it from a music standpoint yeah did you know uh Paul wrote uh, Penny Lane, yeah. which is about where they used to live, right. and then John wrote Strawberry Field, so they would kind of back and forth yeah. at each other sometimes, which I think is really cool, too. I mean, that's just that really uh, modern music. Uh, those guys would be the Beethovens. The, you know, it's, it's stuff really, not only was it groundbreaking, but it's been really hard to replicate. It has, and I think in 200 years, I think people will be yeah, listening they, I, to I them. Yeah, I think they'll be viewed that very same way. So, plus George Martin, they had a great producer, which that helps too. It helps. Great I mean, producer. I mean, somebody that that has ideas understands your ideas and help help you achieve what you're. Because I, I realize he played or taught Paul how to play, mm -hmm. like uh like piano parts and all to, to when he would have an idea and he was, well, you probably need this as opposed to that. Yeah. Which, which would be really helpful with someone that really knew. Yeah. It makes you wonder what they would have sounded like without a, like a Wrangler like him. Yeah. You yeah know? It does. I mean, kind of, I mean, I'm sure there still would have been, uh, fabulous. Oh, I'm sure it would have. But you know, one of the great things that really helped them is basically they had unlimited studio time mm. and, and, really was, wasn't burdened with the uh, touring. I mean, I, they quit touring and still made records forever. Mm -hmm. which the, is The best records. Yeah, which is, which is unheard of. I mean, I mean, you can't, that does not happen. That's probably like a once in a Zillion. world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, no record company is not gonna do your stuff, give you unlimited time, and then tell you you don't have to tour to back it up. Yeah, 
that's the dream living in a studio oh it would be man, the dream man we we get a lot done I oh think. you could be so creative if you did and you had genius good help to go along with it as opposed to some of the guys that i've had before it's like yeah man that's good that's good enough right yeah. right yeah that's great take yeah when yeah. when when i'm having doubts about whether it's a great take and he's telling me it is and it's like i know it's not dude but you know it's, it's what i got at this point yeah well luckily um i always got myself telling me it's yeah, it needs well, to be better so. well i i personally <laughs> never listen to anything i've done i have stacks of recordings still in the that that are still in the cellophane once once it's done i don't listen to my really stuff i've done bob dylan was like that it's just kind of creepy to me i mean because if i do then i hear every mistake or or say some of the songs have grown over the years and it's like i wish i'd have done them like i do them now then you know right right you'll listen to them after like while you're recording though to get them yes but but once it's done I never revisit. Interesting. You know, it's like um, uh, I, I, I hear everything that I could have done better. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I did it like I, on the first couple of projects, and it's like, oh, I can't ever do this again, you know, because I was like a teenager then, you know, and it's like, yeah. I can't, I, I, you know, I don't want to hear this ever again. Yeah, I do, but it's definitely not out of pride. It's like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I got to change this and this and this and this. So, well, I, I mean, I think that's good though. If if you're not doing that, uh, I teach songwriters a lot, and you know, edit, 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 rewrite yeah. it. Uh, if you think it's good enough, it's probably not. You know. Yeah. Uh, but then you can go. I guess you can get. Uh, what do they call it? You can go over. Oh, you can on the far end, and then you, can. you edit it too much. I definitely have uh, heard some albums that. I think could have been a lot better if they would have been a little less hands-off. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I mean, I, I often wonder how... Um, or hands-on, I should say. I would, I would like to sit around with some of the most famous writers and just see how that really goes down. I mean, I, I would like to see... One of my favorites is, is James McMurtry, if you know who James is. I don't. Oh, you need to check, to check the him guy out. out. He's his finest songwriter as there is in America. Really? And his dad was a famous literary author. Larry McMurtry wrote Lonesome Dove and stuff like that. So okay. he's worthy. But I would love to see how he sits down and writes, how much he rewrites those songs because uh, they're pretty pretty fabulous songs. Yeah. And, and I would just love to see how hard he beats those things or not. Editing-wise, you yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, he... he because as a wordsmith and, and the way it all ties together with music, he is just fabulous at it. You'll have to uh, remind me after I'll, the I will, show. I will. He's, he's a worthy listen. If, you're, if you write songs and play acoustic music, he's, he's a worthy listen. I think also it's interesting because uh, sometimes I'll have the basic structure for a song, but then I need to play it live. 10 oh. times or 20 times before I really figure it out. I think you're right. And then other times it, I already know basically what it's going to be, yeah. but that happens a lot. I, th- I think I think with songwriters, sometimes the song has to live mm-hmm. a bit to get to where it needs to be, yeah. and particularly before you put it in stone. I mean, you know, like once you record it, it's kind of in stone, mm-hmm. but you can you can do it 
and let it live a little bit before you have to do that. I think that's I think that's important sometimes. Definitely. You know, because uh, it kind of songs have a, even after you write them, they kind of have a life of their own. They do. And they will haunt you for years to come too. Once you put them out, they can. You'll be somewhere, and somebody will say, "Play so and so," and it's like I've been trying to get away from that yeah. song my whole entire life. Yeah, what do you do with that? You know, I don't. I, you got to bring new stuff. You do, and, and and hope that people forget that stuff. Yeah, you know? because because oh, I have some pretty cute novelty songs that people w- always want to hear if you play in a bar, uh-huh. and you know, I'm kind of ashamed of them. But, but I don't know if it's the. I have a song about making bullets out of bat droppings. Okay. During the Civil War. You'll have to play it for me. And people want to hear that, and I absolutely. I wrote that as a joke. Uh huh. Oh, well, I don't know if it was a joke, but I wrote it for fun, and I did it once, and then it's haunted me. I have another one about a guy running with the bulls that's been recorded by several people that I do not like that song, but people want to hear it. It's funny how that works. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that the artist is always the best judge of oh, what's going to relate. Cause I know I'm not, and I always have no idea what song is going to be somebody's favorite song. Yeah. I'm the same way. And, uh, and then I'll write this song that I think is a masterpiece, uh, yeah, I do you know? Too. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, it's just, it just doesn't, connect you know you know it's like oh i've done that so many times man i I really believe in this song yeah you know it's it's a really good song i'm really proud of this it's like yeah it's okay song man (laughs) but you know i mean it doesn't go over it's it's like on records you put records out and i'm clueless of of which ones that'll get airplay and which ones that won't over the years i could never do that i'm i'm the same and even even you can i guess you can never let me choose the order on on you know, on songs, you know, with, with like, I would probably open, uh, say, a, a CD project. I would probably open it with the strongest song I had, which, I, you know, makes sense to me, you know. But then, you know, it may not be the one everybody. It'll be something at the end that I threw on there is, you know, you got, say, a dozen songs. And, you, you know, I, I think six of these are really good but you know as we get on down i'll put that on and i'll be one somebody likes yep and and the fact of the matter is i think uh no matter who you go see they usually play the hits they because do. i mean i guess if you want a tour you have to yeah you and save it, it for the end most people don't do not like to hear new stuff if particularly if it's you have a big following then they don't want to hear your new stuff it's like well, we'll wait till this becomes a hit, man. Just skip it, and we'll, you know. Or you haven't had a hit in a while, so just play those old ones, you know. Right. So yeah. yeah I will say, uh, well, the Well Drinkers uh, got to open up for Molly Tuttle yeah. and uh, Catch Secor yeah. oh, from yeah. Old Crow, and we were wondering, you know, are they going to play Wagon Wheel? Like, of course they are. Oh, of course they and are. I don't know how many times they've played it, but. They're going to play it. Well, we yeah. got to play it with them, which was really cool. Oh yeah, that actually. would be cool. Now, now to play it with them would be fun. With Kitsch, that would be fun. To play it's that. funny because when you're at a show and someone says "Wagon Wheel," yeah, you, you say how much money? You exactly. Got. Well, yeah, I, I do. I have a denomination that you can put that on if you want to hear it. You know, it's not a twenty dollar bill. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but 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 by the same token, if it's your song, 
of course you're going to do it. Yeah. You know? It, it probably still feels good the thousandth time, maybe, too, if, you, well, if you're not sick of it. Well, and even if you're sick of it, think about the people who have made a life on one, maybe two hit songs. Right. And they've had to do that song, you know, zillion times. Zillion times, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know the song, Achy Breaky Heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Billy Ray Cyrus ever had another song. I mean, how long can you yeah. go out and do that? I mean, I mean, it's not even that great a song. No. I mean, I can understand you have a, we'll take Gentle On My Mind, uh-huh. John Hartford, one of my favorite songwriters. That's, that is a worthy song. You could do that song and feel good about it forever. Mm-hmm. But then you get something like, I don't know how good I'd feel with, like, if Achy Breaky Heart yeah. was mine. I don't know how good I'd that's feel your, about it. That's your masterpiece. That's your masterpiece. <laughs> you know? That's how you'll be remembered. Of course, all the way to the bank, I guess. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know? Well, it, it's work too. But it, another yeah. thing is, uh, that's why I think live performance is so important. Well, I like to pick too. I like to write, but I really like to pick. Yeah. I mean, I was a picker way before I was a writer. got obsessed with songwriting. Right. And so that's where my heart really sings a lot of the time. And if you can, if you're playing the same song a million times, but maybe you, your solo is totally different, or right. maybe the tempo is a little different or sure. something, but not too much. Right. Don't go all Bob Dylan yeah, on everybody right. and oh, yeah. change the change. song completely. Yes. But uh, almost every time you play it live, <laughs> surely there's a way to keep it fresh. Yeah, we saw. I saw him one time, and it was really cool being there. But he just, you know, reworked all the songs, and he has the right to do that. And good for him. Right. But you know. But oh, I, I read where uh, Tom Petty uh, backed him up for a while, and Mike Campbell, his guitarist, it would drive him crazy because it would be a different key each mm-hmm. night, really, a different version, and he said it just drove him crazy. Because on the tour, it was a the, different every yes. night of the tour. The the tempo was different. The key was different. Wow. You know, and he said that just drove me crazy. Is he just trolling everybody or? Who knows? <laughs> you know, and, and, but, then I, but then I saw the, guy, the band backed him up for so long, and they loved that part that it, it changed all the time. Yeah. But I guess Mike Campbell is one of those guys that likes structure, everything the same way, and that would drive you crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I get where he's coming from. I mean, there's got to be a way to keep it fresh without making it unrecognizable. But I think I think he does. He changes tempos. He changes um, I mean, over the years. If you listen, you can find it. Find just take a couple songs and you can find so many versions of the way he's done it. Yeah. And to have that happen to you every night, that would be kind of hard as your band band member. And all the versions everyone else has done. Oh, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. So it would be like. Yeah, for me personally, I think it'd be an adventure. Oh, what are we going to do this in tonight? You know. Right. However, I don't think he. It wasn't like okay. So you and me are playing. You're probably, if you've been doing this song in G, but you decide to. Well, I say A, but tonight you decide that your voice can't handle it and you're going to knock it down to, to G. You would probably tell me that before. Oh, I'd tell you. Yeah, exactly. But you know, if you go out there and you've played the song for six weeks of touring. In A, and then you go out here and start playing in G, that would be pretty aggravating. It would be. You know, it'd be like, oh, what happened here? He's but, been known to be a little trickster. Yeah, so I, I, think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he just did it just, yeah. just to piss people off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I could see that, you know, because I, I saw that uh, 
the guy that's the curator here, he saw him in Asheville uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said he played them all behind the piano. We play like three tunes, walk out beside the piano and wave, and then go back and play three more, hmm. and played this whole show on piano. Wow. Which would be kind of weird if you went to see Bob Dylan and he played all piano songs. I think it could be cool. I mean, I'd prefer that to when I saw him. He just the songs were so. Maybe if the songs were recognizable on piano, I think it'd be cool. But um, if they were also totally different, I think that would be. Uh, I'll, yeah, I mean, it could be cool. Because when I saw him, I mean, I, I had no idea what song was what, and I couldn't understand what he was saying either. Well, so I. See, that's I was just like, thing. what? And then maybe I would hear like one thing, like like a Rolling Stone. Right. And I'd be like, oh, he's playing. <laughs> and I'm really good at that, like guessing songs right. when they start and stuff like that. We, so, You know, that's another thing, too. He can be a really good singer. I mean, I won't say a great singer, but he can be a, a really good singer. I mean, you can go back and find the stuff where he's, he really did a really good job. Nashville Skyline. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's other times where you have no idea. I mean, it's just like. Yeah. You can't even, particularly when you see it live, it's like, don't ask me the words of that song if I don't already know it because I don't understand what he's saying. Yeah. Um, well, he's the king. He, he's the king, though, yeah. Do he, what he wants to do, I he, guess. He can. He can, so. Yeah. So, all right, tell me about being a guitarist. Um, since, you're, since you claim you're more of a picker than a... I go through phases. I, I sometimes I won't even think about guitar. I'll just be obsessed with songwriting. But I think it's always come the most natural to me was um, was picking. So I, I as a guitarist, um, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, you know, yeah. all that early. I mean, th that sure. was like stairway solo, note yeah. for note. You know, yeah. I mean, Beatles, George Harrison. Um, Blues, all kinds of blues. Uh, Stevie, yeah. huge influence. In fact, I think uh, Stevie Ray's, um, what is the name of that one? There's a live video, um, Montreux Jazz Festival, I think it is, 84. And uh, I, it's my favorite music video of anything I've ever seen. This is like right before he got sober, which right. I don't know if that, is good or bad, but he's just, just never dripping know. in sweat and, you know, dripping in cocaine and whiskey right. and just like, this is the best show I've ever seen. So, and that one where he, he, he smashes the guitar, but then he plays it after it's smashed yeah. and then good God, man. So he was a huge, 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 huge influence on me, I would say. So blues. And then, um, I think I got into just anything nineties. You know, and then obviously, uh, I, I I always liked uh, country and stuff like that, and I've always liked bluegrass. But I I didn't go to bluegrass school, which is right. very interesting because that's what I do now. Yeah, it is. I still have a lot to learn. I mean, I I yeah, but I've heard the stuff you. I mean, you've you made that transition pretty well. I've heard your bluegrass stuff. Well, thank you. You know, and that is that that's a very different style of playing bluegrass as opposed to. Uh, shredding uh, Stevie Ray blues, you know. Sure. I mean, it's a, it's okay. We're talking a basic three chords, but we're talking a world of difference in style and everything. I think this is going to sound weird, but I think maybe um, 
I was born for it because even when I, it wasn't the style of songs that I was writing, right? nor was it the, the style of guitar that I was playing. I always had a knack for it. Right. And uh, I would I would always just write country songs or like kind of stuff like that. So I think that, um, I think I'm in the right place. Well, that's great. I mean, I well, bluegrass is, it's just wide open these days. It is. I it's, mean, the Asheville area is packed full of good bluegrass bands. Yeah, and it's I think it's cooler than Nashville in a lot of ways. Oh, it because is way cooler. They're, they're, they're songwriters. They're not all just playing covers, and they're not all playing the same covers. No. It's just, uh, to me, it's cooler. It is. It is. I mean, it is, um, it is a good area. There's so many good acoustic bands there. I mean... Songs from the Road Band, Fireside, mm-hmm. Boston yeah. Range, yeah. Um, Town Mountain, Town Mountain, uh, 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 Unspoken Tradition. I mean, there's just loads of good bands there these days. Yep, and that's just in the acoustic bluegrass side of it. Yeah, um, I, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's a good place to be. I think we're spoiled in Asheville sometimes, especially because there's so much of it. I mean. You'll go and see a, just a world-class picker, or five of them. Sure. And it'll just be somewhere in Asheville. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. They probably do. We take it for granted right here in Shelby. Shelby is low. Per capita, I will tell you, you would be lucky to find any place per capita uh, in the United States with better pickers than in Cleveland County. Okay. They're well, just They're just incredible. Because probably because of Earl Scruggs. Yeah. yeah, it's a music town. Don Gibson uh, was from here, or Scruggs was from here. Patty Loveless lived here. Um, uh, there's musicians from here working in every style of music. Brooke and Darren Allridge, if you know who they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's like the queen of bluegrass singers, four-time IBMA award winner. You know, it's in just about any genre here, you can find someone who who is Alicia Bridges, who had the biggest disco hit of all time. I mean, this town is just reeks of music. Really? Yeah. We got to book something here. Oh, oh, you need to book something. I can, I can hook you up. Okay. You need to. This this town. I don't know many t- towns where you can go to this stop sign right here, and there's a guitar on top of that stop sign. Is there? Yep. Wow. Around town, there are records uh, that have been painted with Don Gibson songs. Uh, you know, they'll be like a record, and someone will d- draw a picture of what the song is about. Wow. You know? So, and then you got this right here. We're, oh, this is too For cool. those listening, we're sitting in a, uh, a room for, for children to come and play whatever instrument they want there's there's banjos there's mandolins there's ukuleles there's guitars there's drums there's yeah, shakers yeah. there's and it's just this is just open for people to come right anybody that comes in here yeah this is this is amazing it really is i mean i don't I, it's the only place that i've been that i've i've seen access for young musicians to come in plus out here they have all uh, programs like uh like on saturdays uh, that expose people. They'll have like a drum circle in here. They'll have like um, hands-on uh, ukulele or guitar. You know, and you can come in. You don't have to know anything about it, but you can bring your child up here to it, and they'll get a little basic instruction. You know, I mean, you know how maybe you can make 
you know, how maybe you can do. Right. You know, something as simple as that, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, it's pretty easy to learn. And then there you go. You might have yourself a musician. I mean, it's, it's really cool. It is cool. Bluegrass seems to be one of those, uh, it just, you, I see so many youngsters yeah. playing bluegrass more than other you do. stuff. And I'm not sure why. I, I don't, I don't know why it is other than the fact that, you know, one of the things that bluegrass kind of has always had that's not really, but is, you know, they have like flat picking contests where, where, you know, you see 13 year old kids that can shred, shred just, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that kid just did that, you know? And, and so, you know, and, and he'll, he'll find, you know, half a dozen other kids there doing that similar to his age. And then they turn out to be Molly Tuttle or, you know, yeah. Billy Strings. Yeah. You know? I mean. It's it, cool. It is cool. Uh, I, I, I'm always, every, almost a, a lot of shows that we go to, there will be some father or mother that comes up with their kid and he sure. plays banjo or she plays fiddle. Yeah. and. But so. that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in other styles of music. I don't think it does. I, I mean, if you look back at Bluegrass, Ricky Skaggs, Got you know they brought him up to Bill Monroe, Marty Stewart. Marty Stewart. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean that just doesn't happen in any other. I mean, they might let you as a as a publicity deal come up and maybe, but they won't take you on tour with you like like they did with Marty Stewart. I mean, okay, this thirteen year old kid can play. I, bring him know, up. Bring him. I'm playing with a right now a seventeen year old Dobroist pedal steel player who is already being endorsed by Emmons Pedal Steel Guitars. Wow. And you just do not find that places. I mean, this kid has such a huge, bright future. Mm-hmm. and uh, But you have to have someone say, yeah, you can come play with us. Right. You know? Yeah. You got to foster it. Yeah. You got to grow it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that... Uh, I don't know. It might be the, just the times we're living in, too. Maybe Could 20 be. years ago, there would have been more electric guitarist or something True. But True. i don't know bluegrass just <coughs> just keeps keeps it coming man it's bigger than it's ever been and it's going to get bigger than it is now and I, I i attribute a lot of that to bluegrass has opened its mind to to broadening its horizons I've, I've i've been on this kick that a lot of people have listened to beach music in north carolina which is a form of r&b that people do a dance called shag to but it's a dying art. Mm-hmm. It's going away. No young people listen. No new bands play it. And the guys who used to play it are just playing pop music these days. Right. Bluegrass is not doing that, you know. It's, it's broadening it's, it's broadening horizons, you know. Yep. It's more open. And I, and I take that back to Earl Scruggs, who wouldn't just play straight up bluegrass. You know, he played all kinds of stuff in his band. Mm-hmm. You know, and you take it back to... Um, the Will of the Circle Being Broken yeah. uh, album where, you know, kind of nitty-gritty dirt band, rock and roll band kind of hooks up with the old bluegrass guys, Jimmy Martin, stuff like that. I think uh, I think people are, in general, kind of longing for something more organic, too. Yeah, it could be. And I think uh, maybe that's why bluegrass is getting a lot more fans. But there's definitely uh, people like Billy Strings. I mean, yeah. it's just... 
it's undeniable. Well, I mean, he's fantastic. He pays plenty enough homage to the old stuff while at the same token doing his own thing and taking his acoustic music to so many other type. I mean, mean, you can find him jamming with everybody from, I mean. Tommy Emanuel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can find him. uh, I just saw him in Post Malone. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, that's how you grow your your genre of music i think um a big part of it too is covers maybe because hit, hit, they'll cut they'll bluegrassify or cover you know doesn't matter the genre i agree which i think goes in hand with what you were saying about it's evolving and it's yeah. open to other things and yeah. i think yeah it's going to keep going that direction yeah. i think it's just going to get better and better and and you know the there again uh the quality, I mean, the quality of bluegrass players has always been pretty good, but it's probably as good as it's ever been or better. I mean, there's so many quality. You, you know, you used to have a handful, a small handful of acts. You might even have a West Coast version a little bit, but mostly you're stuck in North Carolina, Kentucky, you know, uh, Tennessee, Ohio. That was pretty much your audience. This is a worldwide audience now. Yep. which that helps too it does you know so and you have bands like yours out there just uh shredding along you know we're, we're trying you know it's um I, it's cool because we have uh different types of songwriters in the band and uh it, it's interesting because we definitely do traditional stuff but right. as a songwriter i want usually i want it to be something fresh well it's um yeah, I understand it because Darren Nicholson just told me. He said, "Listen, he said if you're going to if you're a bluegrass writer these days and you're going to write about the things that happened in the '40s and '50s and right. expect it to be applied to uh, today's world, you're not going to have much success. You know, nobody's moonshining anymore. If you look at the Molly Tuttle, she kind of her new song kind of talks about that. I mean, you know, you're not going to you're not going to win audiences with." Uh, songs about a lifestyle 50 years ago and that's another way that it's evolving because i think uh you can you can sing about whatever you want with right. bluegrass right true now. You and can. people will love it it could yeah. be about i think it could be about anything it can what it, it can. couldn't be about yeah you know i mean yeah they're open to it uh, and i i i agree it's uh it's a good it, acoustic music's in a good place very good place you know so and you know i'm i'm proud to be around it a lot uh you're a big part of playing it so you know i have to admit these days i wind up being more of an electric bass player than i am a acoustic bass player mm-hmm. uh, but that hasn't always been the case is that just lugging it around or oh no it's uh, uh the style of music i play now okay. uh although sometimes with that I, I will play acoustic upright, but uh, usually it's just easier to play electric. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, bluegrass actually is okay with electric bass these days. Yeah, back uh, then too. Back then too, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, the early Lonesome River Band. Yep. Uh, electric bass going to town, you know. Uh, I see it a lot. Nothing wrong with it. No. Nope. Well, actually, Earl Scruggs Review had an electric bass player song. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, 
sometimes I'll just get a YouTube playlist going and yeah. almost all, a lot of them from the eighties, eighties and seventies will have an electric bass yeah. player. Like it's no, yeah. no thing. I mean, it's kind of blasphemy, but still, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, and, and then you see the, okay, take Larry Keel, you know, mm -hmm. Larry. Yep. Uh, Jenny's always played, uh, uh, an electric upright, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty standard these days. Right. You know? They got those, uh, Ones with no body to yeah. it, if you really want. Oh yeah, to. which which touring is so much easier. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you have to lug uh, an upright bass around, you have to you have to know a repairman. You have to know a repairman almost everywhere you go, because um, uh, they're so fragile. Fiddle players have to do the same thing too. They're always uh in need of repair really yeah they're this is a fragile instrument unlike a guitar um a little more compact a little more compact i mean well you know the problems of playing it, it, it i think your problems really come when you're in and out a lot like if you're playing today we're playing festivals tomorrow we're playing a club and playing outside just always is wonky on all on Every guitars instrument. strings instruments are just you know, it's like, no, don't make us play out here. It's too humid, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, my, my bass would go, this is too cold. I'm not playing today. You know, I'm not going to play well for you today. Um, I'm going to make you beat the crap out of me to get tone out of me. You, you don't know? have to tune it between yeah. every song. Yeah, exactly. In the middle of a song. In the middle of a song, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, again, guitars are as bad as any mandolins. Yeah. Poor mandolin players. Uh, uh, double strings. Yeah. It's as bad as 12-string players. I, I had always, uh, I was looking at those, you know those fiberglass, fiberglass guitars? Sure. I always wanted one as a backup, just in case. I, I, I haven't, I never bought one, but it'd be cool to have one that you didn't have to worry about. I had, a, I had a graphite top Martin for a long time. Most dependable guitar I ever had. Really? And the back and sides was? Uh, uh. Something mahogany or rosewood? Yeah, well, no, it wasn't really. Uh, it was more like a um, composite. Composite. Okay. But you know that guitar was always in tune. Uh, even if I'd put, say, I put strings on it right now, and we're going to play in ten minutes. Mm -hmm. It was always in tune. Um, did it sound that great unplugged? No, it did not. But when you plugged it in and you ran it through your, you know, your EQ and stuff. It was it was as an acceptable guitar. I mean, unless you're going to do the Tony Rice thing and stand up there, which you may do that with your guitar at a mic, which is always hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do not like really the sounds so much of a plugged-in guitar. No. Sometimes they're a necessity, particularly if you're playing outside and it's windy and stuff. That guitar worked as well as. As my Martin with a Fishman transducer in it. Really? Know, so. Yeah. Might be. It'd be nice to have, you know, those rain songs? Yeah, yeah. Just to, just to have, just in case it's yeah. raining well, I, I never felt I never felt bad to take that guitar anywhere either because, you know, if I left it in the car, I'd have to worry about coming back and the top be jacked up on it or anything. Yeah. And, of course, at some point, as with most musical instruments, uh, somebody wants it and... In my case, most of my instruments are for sale. 
I mean, not not that I'm seeking to sell one of them, but uh, but they could be. But they could be, you know, because somebody go, oh man, that's cool. I'd really like to have that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying, okay, yeah. So make me an offer. But that was not, but but I got that second hand from a guy the very same way, and I don't think they're that easy to find. Now the rain song might be, but you know they've kind of fallen by the wayside. You don't see them around much. I mean, it would only. Nobody's going to use that as their no, number one. You no, know? I would never use one of those as no. my number one. But it'd be cool to just have if, oh, if I, mean, I ever needed it for something. I mean, you can t- you could take it anywhere you wanted yeah. to. That's the good thing. Exactly. And and if you did get a crappy day, where it was a hundred degrees and they put you right out in the center of the stage, or or if you had one where it's like twenty degrees, you wouldn't have to worry. You could just pull that out and say, "Well, there's not that many." People here anyway, they're not going to like a festival. If you're the first guys up, you know, sounds good, plugged in, sounds good, plugs in. I, I, nobody's going to know the difference, yeah, you know. But are you going to do anything serious with it? Heck no, probably not, no. you know. So, what else we need to know? Well, what, what can I tell you? Well, how much do you sing? How much do I sing, like during my day or with the band? With the or? band. Uh, with supper break, I would say 20% of the time. And uh, with well drinkers, uh, even less. I mean, I just really start. I've been writing with Jake. Uh, we've written a couple songs together, but he's the main singer. Although we have been peppering in some sure. some other singers. Now, my obviously, my solo stuff, my right. project, yeah. uh, I sing everything. Right. So. I, well, I guess in these other outfits, you sing harmony too, right? I do. Which is which? That is a whole another art form in itself. I mean, harmony singing. We could do a whole podcast about that. We could, and uh, a good harmony singer is real hard to come by. They are for whatever reason. I'm not sure. It, you just got to be around it, I it, guess. I think, and a lot of people just can't hear that. I mean, it's just beyond their ability to hear it. Also, uh, I'll give you. I'll use me for example. Sitting here as quiet as this is right now, I can sing harmony to you fine. Yeah. But we get out and it's loud, and my monitor mix is bad, or I don't have a monitor, mm-hmm. or my in ear doesn't work. And I'm not going to guarantee you anything with my harmony parts. You sure. know. So I mean, but some people, I Kevin Bridges that I play with, he could sing harmony to a truck going down the road. Right. You know, some people are just blessed that way. Yeah. It's it's a it's a work thing for me, but you can, you can learn to do it. I mean. Yeah, but I, you have to work. I had a, for a while. I, I was using a, a, a pedal, a vocal yeah. uh, harmonizer sure. yeah. for my solo stuff, right. and it sounds good. It does. It's not a human, but but no, but but and the other deal is you still have to sing a. I mean, if you sing flat, it's going to sing flat harmony to right. you. I mean, it doesn't come with like pitch correct. That one, uh, actually, that pedal. Uh, it knows what harmony to sing by what chord you're playing. Right. So you plug your guitar into it, and right. it's a C, so it's going right. to harmonize in C, yeah, which is kind of cool. Harmonize a third or a fifth or something. Yeah. yeah. I stopped using it, though. I, I've been just doing a mic on my guitar mm-hmm. and a mic on my face, and uh, I'm trying to get to a point where I can rock a room just that. Yeah. I don't need a loop pedal. I don't need a harmonizer. No. So got a lot of gigs coming up, so we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. That's good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come down here to do this. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, this one's called I Found God. (laughs) 
Take the money, push a button, put it in the box Serving bullshit to stop A lip service and a smile, then a punch the clock Something stuck in my head I had a dream But the memory is almost dead Oh 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 Someone down the road 